quick note for this episode because it will sound different to the others. Lisa's original recording from the night was unfortunately ruined, so she came over a few weeks later and we recorded the story again, minus the audience. I am in a very committed, long-term relationship with my local fruit and veg shop. We have been going steady for almost three years and measure our love by the kilogram. We respect each other's space and schedule a weekly hangout every Saturday morning. We even take language classes together and can now pronounce exotic words including feijoa, rambutan and mangosteen with ease. All things considered, this might just be my most healthy relationship to date. Last Saturday was like most Saturdays. I entered the fruit shop with the casual nonchalance of a comfortable lover who no longer plans their day outfits ahead of time. In this relationship, we save our superficial prejudices strictly for the fresh produce. Looks at everything. A good looking Roma tomato really does put the Roma back into romance. After walking down the fruit shop aisles with the same giddiness as a bride on her wedding day, it was time to pay for groceries. The basket was heaving and as the cashier unpacked, then repacked everything strategically based on the avoid potential bruising at all cost system, I noticed something about myself for the very first time. I grocery shopped like a yuppie. The shopping basket was filled with gourmet vegetables with three syllable names, imported Asian fruits that looked like Christmas tree ornaments and beetroot leaves. Not even the actual beetroot, just the leaves for sauteing. As each item left the basket and flashed against the scanner, the running total price jumped and jumped and jumped for everyone waiting behind me in line to see and judge. This modest fruit and veg shop is the type of place where you can buy a week's worth of groceries for $30. I was already on $43 and the basket was still half full. The fresh produce had been packed and now what I considered necessary pantry staples were being scanned and paraded around for public examination and humiliation. Slithered almonds, pomegranate molasses, pink Himalayan salt, dried figs and both cumin seeds and ground cumin because I forgot what type I needed for that otterlingy recipe. Frico came out of the basket next and after the barcode was zapped, I am certain the letters F-R-E-A-K that's freak instead of freaker, appeared on the register monitor. The cashier kept pulling more and more out of the basket with the magician's sensibility. Just as I was expecting her to saw the basket in half with my credit card, sew it back together, then pull a gold coin from behind my ear, she asked me to pay with my actual credit card. That will be $71. Peering in my wallet, I had two $20 bills and no change three bobby pins and many scrunched up receipts that made me look like I either had a serious hoarding problem or that I am really diligent about keeping receipts for tax time. However, one thing was for certain. I did not have $71 in cash. Instead, I got out my debit card and was ready to tap. Only recently had I become a tapper when buying goods. I avoided it for so long because I because well, I avoided it for so long because when I buy something, I want my money to be mercilessly taken away from me. 
I don't like my money floating in purgatory in my bank account, killing time before it goes to its next location. Tapping gives you a false sense of security that you have more money than you actually do. However, over Christmas, it was a different story. I needed convenience. I was buying gifts, food, drinks, and seriously decadent gold foil wrapping paper because it's Christmas and living life to the financial fullest was fun, which is an ironic thing to say when you make your living as a writer. I whipped my bank card out faster than, than Rudolph hitting the sleigh for the first time in 11 months and started tapping it all over the place. I thought things might slow down in January, but everyone was in holiday mode. Rosé for everyone and Prosecco for everyone else. I bought sensible things too. For instance, SPF 50 plus sunscreen when I was at the beach. But then there was the fish and chips at the beach and a quick look turned shop at the five different op shops on the drive home from the beach. Now here I was in my favorite fruit and veg shop about to do my favorite tap dance in February. I counted myself in five, six, seven, eight and shimmied my wrist with my card over the Estepos machine. Declined. I tried again. Declined. The cashier threw me a look that clearly said, can you even afford this? But which I chose to interpret as, I'm here for you. Why don't you try inserting your car instead, card instead, sweetie? And that's what I did. I inserted my card. Waiting for that brief moment when the Estepos machine reads your card is, it an, is enough time to reconsider your life choices. Did I need that wooden, wooden Scandinavian miniature Christmas tree for festive cheer in my apartment? Are my parents happier knowing they have a pasta making class voucher? Were two types of cumin necessary today? The answers presented themselves without hesitation. Yes, yes, and probably. Declined. Once the FPOS machine, machine rejected my yuppie advances for the third time, I quickly reassessed my answers. No, probably not, and definitely not. I had to act fast. I had $40 cash in my wallet and surely another 50 on my card, which made me at least $20 richer than I was one minute ago. In the end, it ended up being a part cash, part card, zero dignity transaction. Walking back to my car, juggling way too many shopping bags, I decided the festive season was finally over and the budget season had begun. That's when I remembered my last $20 on my card and decided I definitely needed a bottle of rosé to go with dinner. At $20, it was loose change and practically a bargain. And bargain is just another word for budget. <laughs>